One of the other important areas is what I call framing. So the frame that you are in, is it just a head and shoulder shot? Are you too close to the camera, which starts to invade people's personal space where you have sometimes just the head shot in the screen and that's a little bit too close. So have a look and check the frame that you're in. Are you about right in terms of a head shot and shoulders? Are you a little bit further? I'll adjust the camera so you can see my torso. So you're now able to gesture more freely depending on what you're talking about and how you want to come across. Our suggestion is to be somewhere here. So you do have a sort of a, a, a head and shoulder shot where you can gesture quite freely, but you're not too close to the lens and equally you're not too far. As I've said in a previous video, sit up straight, your back straight at about one third to one half of the chair that you're sitting in, particularly if it's a short meeting or a pre-recording. There are of course alternatives. Now the framing is one thing, the other thing is the background. So let's just finish off with the framing. The framing, as I say, just be generally in a situation where you can gesture freely, you can look at the camera, you can look at your colleagues, your friends, your partners and or any business associates. So they feel like you're genuinely chatting to them rather than too close or perhaps too far and looking a bit too relaxed. And your voice and the volume doesn't carry as well this far from the microphone. So have your framing in mind. We've already spoken about the backlighting and the lighting on your face. So framing is equally important. The other thing you can do is if you are on a laptop and or a webcam, you can change the settings according to how you want to come across. Now that really depends on whether you want a different background, you want a closer shot, you want a shot that's further zoomed out, entirely up to you. And I'll demonstrate that right now. So for example, I could change this to something closer like this. For some people that works better and it depends on what I'm doing. Sometimes I use this setting. Otherwise I will go back to the setting I prefer, which shows you a little bit of background so we can have a look at the context in which I'm sitting. Of course, you'll be well aware that there are alternatives to the background. So let's have a look at some of those. And of course, here's one. Here's another one. These are the default ones that you already have on Zoom and other platforms you can find. And here's a space setting. Now, backgrounds, virtual backgrounds do seem to invoke quite a lot of conversation. My personal take on a virtual background really depends on the context of your presentation, your speech, your meeting. On balance, and I have to say on balance, I prefer not to have a background simply because most people don't have a green screen or a dark screen to use with a virtual background. So you get this feathering around the fingers and the edge of your face and the edge of your clothes, which again for a professional presentation or a pre-recording is not a very good look. So be aware of that if you're using a virtual background, it sometimes invokes the question in, in your viewer's mind as what are they trying to hide? Why are we using a virtual background at all? 
Now, it may be that your company logo is important and that's something that you have to incorporate in your virtual background. And that works as long as it's done well. And you have perhaps a green screen to keep the image sharp, especially when there's movement with your head or your hands. So you don't have that blurring effect. The other thing to note is if you have just a plain background, and I've seen this on meetings and presentations that I've been involved with and just been watching passively, where people have had the advice perhaps to hang a white sheet or a black sheet or work against a white wall or just a plain wall. My personal take on that, again, is it is too simple. It is too plain. Something in the background is worth having. Maybe you can have a, a plant or a nice picture, something that has a little bit of richness to the frame that you're watching all the time. Now, I'm aware that mine is obviously a, a kind of a library with some books on it and a map and so on and so forth, just to have a little bit of interest in what's going on in the background. But it's not fake. It's not a virtual background. I do have a white wall and I do have a green screen. And for some instances, it's worth doing, particularly if I'm doing some pre-recordings for, uh, for other purposes. For this purpose, I believe the real background, so you can see where I am and what I'm doing, is much more personable, much more authentic, and of course, much more transparent. So it doesn't beg the question in your mind, ooh, I wonder why he's got a virtual background. What have they got to hide? In this world, now a pre-recording is one thing. However, in a real world, if you do have elderly parents or young children or pets, and you happen to be on a very high stakes meeting, then yes, a virtual background may be the only alternative. But for most of us, for most of the time, particularly if we've got some time in the office, I know most of us will be working from home. If you have got a place where you can work or record a video for 20 minutes, half an hour, then the real background, perhaps with the company logo, works very well.